The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Video Store. We're back! I'm your host, Chris Chavez, joined by your other host, Daniel Chavez! Holy crap, dude, it's been a while. And you yeah, know what the funny been... thing is? It took so long yeah. for us to put up the stoner video. It's literally like stoners put it up. <laughs> yeah. We, Did you we, put it up finally or no? As of the recording, no, but by the time they're listening to oh, it, okay. yes. <laughs> Dude, it's like so, we recorded yeah. a special episode on 420 for 420 about yeah. stoner movies. And then it just like a true stoner, it's yeah. not going to come up and it's not going to go up till June. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like another f- four months and 20 days later. <laughs> That's a. Ma- <laughs> I should do that, dude. I should literally plan it four months and 20 days from April 20th, dude, <laughs> and then drop that shit. That'd be funny as hell, dude. But then that would hell mean yeah, this man. episode would be after that because we're referencing that as the previous episode. So I don't want to do that. Nah, I'll have to get this. I'll, I'll get that up as soon as possible and then get this one up. It's been crazy on my end. You know, some of it, you know, about some of the, the back end business dealings that are happening. So it's been yeah. busy. Uh, work has been busy. Rona has been busy. Rona's not really so busy anymore, man. Good old, good old Rona's. Yeah, it's calmed down a little bit, but it's still... it feels like it, right? I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, I mean, I know we still do see and hear things about it, and man, but it doesn't feel like I'm seeing those crazy countdowns all the time anymore. Like, look how yeah. or count ups, right? Like, this right. is how many people, and I know we do still see them, but I don't know. It feels yeah, different. I think it's just yeah. It, like well you have like the mass vaccination thing that they pushed out and all that stuff so it feels like we're kind of going back to normal right slightly kind of kind of slightly maybe in like another two years well i mean the rest of the country probably florida florida so (laughs) that's all i need to say about that florida has always been just like back to normal We're gonna we're gonna be take we've got a whole bunch of people in the country just along that Florida Georgia line and they're just sawing they're doing everything <laughs> they can to just saw Florida yep. right off the, the edge of the country. <laughs> Imagine you see that shit just cracks off and floats off into the water. Right, I've said oh. it several times. It's geographically accurate. Florida is the dick of the United States. So. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. Um, I covered a Florida story. Actually, was it you? Knows David that shared that I think Florida David story? Posted it. Yeah, I saw. You that listened one. to that story? <laughs> I listened. That was good. Dude. It was crazy though, right, dude? I couldn't yeah. believe I heard when I read it. I was like, "Wait, what? This this is not even going to be a joke article." I want to talk about this on the show because that yeah. was a weird, <laughs> weird story. Yeah, Florida's known for some pretty like wild ones, like off the off like the cuff, like what the fuck kind of a deal thing going on. To you know what? Go to Florida. Let's throw this out there right now. So, for listeners who are following along, today's episode we're going to be discussing the movies of Quentin Tarantino, basically our five favorite movies of Quentin Tarantino. So the reason I bring this up is does he have any movies that he did in Florida that took place in Florida? Cause it feels like Florida would be the perfect location for a Quentin Tarantino movie. 
Do you know what I mean? Like he, because you know, yeah. Quentin Tarantino always has these kind of big ensemble casts, right? Kinds of crazy shit going on. Like I could see him having a movie set in Florida. I don't feel like he does. Because yeah, I don't think he does either. Shorty. Now that I'm thinking about it, he yeah, do get shorty, did he? Uh, I don't think so. No, I feel like that movie was in Florida. I can't remember. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't remember. But anyway, yes, that's what we're discussing. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino films, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan? Uh, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of his. Um, I like his style. It's not. It's very different from like your Steven Spielberg or like your other big oh, yeah. name, you know, director and anything like that. And I think like what drew me to it was it's like that. I don't know how to describe it. Like that old school grindhouse in your face, but modernized version of it. Yeah, that he brings in like with his dialogue, like the incessant cussing and you know all that stuff the gore the graphics violence just thrown right in your face like for me growing up as an impressionable i don't know how old i was when i first saw his movie but it uh it left a mark it was uh definitely something i was kind of like really interested in what was uh, the first movie you saw from him uh pulp fiction was the first one i saw same that was the that was my introduction to Quentin Tarantino, and I remember yeah. uh, I was living on I was living with my buddy Brian, and a lot of people had been talking about Quentin Tarantino, and you should check out the movie. And so I was like, oh, let me check out and see what this movie is about. And I remember being completely blown away by the movie, and then being like, okay, I got to see his other stuff. Oh, he only has one more film. Let me go check that out. And I yeah. saw Reservoir Dogs, and just that was the that was the one that made me just be like, all right, moving forward, anytime this dude puts something out, I want to see it. Right. And it's rare, dude. It's rare where, um, you know, I come across a, a writer director that really hooks me that hard that makes it so that I have to see their films. Like, I think we discussed this before, but Ari Aster right now is one of those guys. Like, yeah. every time I hear he's got a new movie, I'm like, wait, what? Let me see. I got to see this. <laughs> I have to see this new movie, right? Yeah. Um, it's very few. Tim Burton, always love his stuff. Every time there's something Burton, new comes yeah. out, I'm like, ooh, let me check and see that. Um, this might be uh, polarizing because a lot of people do not like his stuff. But for me, Rob Zombie, I like Rob Zombie stuff. I like what he does. Um, and when he comes up with like like the idea that he's doing the new monsters, there's yeah. a lot of people who are freaking out about that, dude. And I, I know. I'm actually right. kind of interested in that, too. Like, I know he got a lot of flack for the Halloween remake that he did. But honestly, yeah. I, I digged it. It's I a revisioning, it. dude. It's his it version. Is, yeah. It's like his own vision of it. It is. And like for me personally, like I've always been drawn to like darker more macabre styles of you know filmography music whatever like Mm -hmm. art wise pop culture like that's like my interest i love that kind of shit Mm -hmm. so yeah when you say rob zombie like that that's like one of my first like ooh, he was actually right before i saw what was that slipknot road fest back in what 2019 was Mm -hmm. that up until that point rob zombie concert was like the number one concert Oh, like then you the saw Slipknot. <laughs> I saw Slipknot. I was like, "Motherfucker, this is so good!" Like, yeah, it dude, just barely takes that. But for yeah, me, dude. like music-wise, everything, like, yeah. Have you ever seen Alice Cooper on stage? Uh, unfortunately, no, not yet. Oh, I saw I him a couple years ago. Yeah, movie. dude, I saw okay. him a couple years ago, and holy cow, the dude still puts on a show. Doesn't I have to nice. say. He's like a super close second to Slipknot on for me, man. Like it's really? Slipknot then Alice Cooper for Damn. yeah, dude. It was okay. phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yes, back to filmmakers. Quentin Tarantino, he definitely has a style. I remember yes. seeing his stuff and just being like, I've never seen characters interact 
in such earnest ways, the way his mm-hmm. characters do, the way they interact, the, you know, the, sometimes they're kind of verbose, but they, you know, it's, it's like you're drawn into the conversations they're having. Right. And then boom, you're hit with just ultra violence, dude. Like the kind of violence in this movie and, and the kind of just the graphicness behind it. Like you said, the vulgarity behind some of the, the, you know, just the, the cursing um, it's just over the top. But yeah. it's done in a way, like you said, it's got such a an old school feel, like those old school kind of grindhouse spaghetti western style uh, films. And and he likes that. Like I, you watch his films, and a lot of his films have that aesthetic. It's got kind of like this, almost like they're using, you know, the old Kodak Technicolor nineteen seventies, you yep. know, film and camera, <laughs> and and it looks great, right? Um, earlier, just to kind of get in the mood for for this, I was watching Death Proof. Um, oh, nice. Now, I had okay. never seen it before. I started watching oh. it. Yes, that's one that I haven't seen, and we'll discuss that here in a bit. Okay. Uh, but I was watching that, and immediately I was drawn to the aesthetic. It was like, oh, okay, so we're watching these old-school 70s exploitation films. That's what this is, because that's exactly how he does it. And he does it in such mm-hmm. a way that it's like even the bad editing where like there's the cutting and like there's one point where the lady says something and there's a quick cut and she repeats it because it's almost like they edited the film, you know, to overlap itself. Then it cuts hard again and she's repeating herself again, but now it's from a different angle, the camera angle. So it's like, like horrible cutting, you know what I mean? But it works. It feels like you're, you're back in time. Yeah. And and like, I love, like I've heard uh, even, remember who it was somebody was saying it was like oh it's so horrible because of like how it's cut and everything i'm like but that's the point yeah it was made specifically <laughs> like that on purpose yes yeah, yeah, so, i didn't finish it so i'm in the middle of it and so far okay. from what i've been seeing it's like oh this is this is quentin tarantino man yeah, it totally yeah, quentin. is quentin tarantino yeah. uh, but that's what he's famous for like you said his style there's the the violence there's the vulgarity there's the the aesthetic there's the ensemble cast He's very well known for having casts that are like 12 deep sometimes. And typically they're names. These are all named actors, maybe not stratospheric yet. Right. But these are big name actors that play in his roles and sometimes small roles like Mm -hmm. like like Harvey Keitel, dude. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like playing, yeah, he's in like, like almost all of his movies too. And that's the other thing I about him is, is he's got this kind of thing where he uses the same actors in a lot of films because they right. all work so well together. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So definitely when you see a Quentin Tarantino film, you know, you're seeing a Quentin Tarantino film. Do you yep. know what I mean? There's it's, exactly. it's rare when filmmakers have a, a thumbprint and he's one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, dude, let's get into our five uh, Quentin Tarantino films. And the way we said we were going to do it is the last one was going to be the one we're going to present for the take home on the night. Right. Right. All right. Our number one will be our take home. So <laughs> let's do this. I'm going to let you go first, dude. What are you going to start with? All right. So while we discussed and said that Tarantino didn't film in Florida, I think the furthest south he went was Mississippi. Um, and so with that, I'm going to bring my number five, Django Unchained. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Django Unchained came out in, let me double check this, 2012, um, starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, Leo DiCaprio, Kerry Washington, uh, Sam Jackson, Jesus, uh, like a whole bunch of other people. But yeah. it's it's based off of Christoph Waltz's character is a bounty hunter, and he's trying to find uh, brothers. I can't remember like the name of them, but 
the only person that has seen it is Jamie Foxx's character. Mm-hmm. And he has to basically free him so he can use him to find these two people. Well, it turns into a whole thing of like Jamie Foxx's character wants to free his wife and his wife was taken over by some plantation owner, uh, which introduces Leonardo DiCaprio. And like, it, it goes through like this whole, like which Southern Confederate spaghetti Western style type of a movie. And yeah, I love it. Like there's, I don't know, like several classical lines in there. Like the whole, uh, I love it when he's like, um, well, you had my curiosity, but now you got my attempt. Like, I'm always a big fan of Leo DiCaprio anyway. Like, I stand yeah. for him. So Yeah, he's a good, yeah, he's yeah. A definitely he's a, a good, good actor. actor. Yeah. So, like, talk the whole ensemble, like you said, like, everybody all together, they all work so well together. And just, like, the writing, the, the you know, the uh, the dialogue, all that stuff, like, it, it all plays well together for it. So, for me, number five, Django Unchained. I have to agree with you on that. I'm going to say Django as well. Uh, and so what I'll do is I'll take on the fourth one so that we can kind of go back and forth since I agreed with you on Django. Um, yeah, I completely agree with it. And talk about the impact that it has by itself on pop culture, right? Like yeah. everybody, everybody has seen <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's got that look yeah, on his face while he's sipping his sherry or whatever it is. Yeah, his little, his little <laughs> you <know that>. <laughs> And everybody uses that for everything, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, not only being an amazing movie and, and just, you know, it's crazy too because he he did he ended up going with a historical time, like a, a, a historical piece too. A lot of his time, right. a lot of his stuff is... Um, heist movies, action, violence movies, kind of like, uh, you know, crime movies. Um, and sometimes when you want to talk about period or time, he's, he's usually sticking around the seventies, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. But this, I mean, he goes back to the 1800s and we're back then. So that was kind of cool to see him do that. And, and yeah. I dude, I definitely enjoyed that film. Uh, amazing performance by Jamie Foxx. I think, didn't he, yeah. didn't he win an award for that? He won some sort of awards for that. I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, I think he did. I don't you know, remember exactly what it was, but amazing performance by, um, by, by DiCaprio, you know, the whole cast was, was, was tops on that one uh absolutely loved it too i agree all right so for my number four um we're going to do this backwards yeah my number four well this is tough because i liked them and the way they're told is is a certain way but honestly my number four is kill bill volume one okay um so we saw Uma Thurman working with him in Pulp Fiction, and it was mm-hmm. awesome, right? And then when he she, yep. he decided that he was going to use her, well, first he went after Pulp Fiction, he did Jackie Brown, but then he was going to do this Kill Bill, right? And it was going to be this kind of this martial arts, super hyper violent action movie, um, you know, revenge type movie. Uh, what I love about it is that it's almost like a comic book. We have characters that don't have names. They're just like like her character is the bride, right? Mm-hmm. Like things like that. Um, just certain shots. The way he he does these specific shots. Uh, what was oh what was the name of the truck? The pussy wagon. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Like what he's <laughs> yeah. like he's like really focusing on the on the license plate. The fact when she's literally laying there and you know you don't know what the hell's going on. You realize she's you know like semi-paralyzed or whatever the hell it was dude mm-hmm. like the whole movie was amazing and just the the idea that you are following this woman that was hell bent on going after the man that tried to kill her right yeah. like and and just the way it's done dude it's so 
if it wasn't Quentin Tarantino, you may have looked at that going like, oh, there's moments where it could be hokey when they do those black and white uh, like flashback scenes and certain mm-hmm. things like the, the way it's filmed is stylized for a specific reason, uh, you know, but put together, dude, it's just it's it's an amazing piece. Right. Um, but for me, the first if, even though the first one sets the tone, I always like the second one slightly better. But the first one, man, has so many different scenes that are just iconic. Um, I believe when it was put together, it was going to be over four, four hours long or something like that. And they were like, yeah, you can't do that. You know, so it's like, all right, we're going to cut it in half, do two movies out of it. But I think this was considered for a while, one of the bloodiest movies of all time. Like the amount of people that had blood spurt from them was more (laughs) than any had ever been on screen ever for, you know, for a while. I think it held that record. It may be beaten now, but I think that was one of the things about this was that it was like, the most blood ever on film right and again for being a and again for being like a quentin tarantino movie like it's going to be over the top blood spurting like just like oh, you yeah. cut the head off and it's like fountain just coming out the neck and everything oh yeah oh yeah yeah like i, I like that a lot for me kill bill is actually one of my honorable mansions um it's mm. kind of tough because i've seen several of them now and mm-hmm. I wanted to put it in, but there's a few other ones that I was just like, mm, they just got the edge. So, however, Kill Bill, very good. I will agree with you on that one. As your nice, four. nice, nice. All right, what else you got? So, for my number four, um, it was actually co-directed, I believe, with uh, Robert Rodriguez, which again has the same kind of style as Quentin when they work together. Um, but for mine was From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh yeah, he just wrote that. He didn't actually direct. He wrote this one. <gasps> He wrote from Dustin, but that's what I was going to oh, say. So here's what I was okay. going to say. It doesn't have to be directed either because he wrote okay, it, right? Like <laughs> well, he good, wrote the I'm film. Because I'm my number four anyway. Again, he's actually in the movie and it's uh, him and Antonio Banderas start off as uh, criminals, right? Like on the run or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They, they go on just this huge knocked crime over spree. A, yeah. Yeah. And like they go all crazy and everything and they go to celebrate this night at this one bar. And it turns out the bar is full of vampires. Yeah. And like they have to spend the entire night trying to survive this. It's so awful. Awesome, it's so great, man. Just like, and again, for being a, even though it's written by Tarantino, it's got, you can tell it's got his feel all over it. Oh um, yeah. It's, it's got, I mean, he like, stars in it. There. So, like, you know, yeah, he stars he's working it, exactly. with Robert Rodriguez, just like, yo, yeah, let's try exactly. this or, but yeah, from sure. everything with like the makeup of the vampires to like, again, like the blood, the hokiness, the over the top production of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's for me a number four. Very, a very nice. Very, very nice. nice. Um, you want to take on three or you want me to do three? Because um, I was going to say I could say that as three, but you know what? I can throw in another movie for three, too. Yeah, no, I mean, if you want, so we can have a conversation tonight, not just say the same Ooh, movies. <laughs> I know, right? Basically. <laughs> well, so for me, let's throw Kill Bill Volume Two in. You know, okay. obviously, let's round it out. You know, it finishes the main story. Um, it, you know, you follow these characters, continuous, continuing the story along. Uh, again, it was a movie that was supposed to be put together, so it's not like you know they did this went on like a, a massive tour for a couple of years promoting the film. The film did well. Then they said, Hey, let's shoot another one. And everybody's older and moving along. This was all together. So basically you just continue, you see the continuation, um, yep. uh, you know, great performances by, by, by Uma Thurman, by Vivica Fox, by uh, what's his name? Um, 
Oh Dan God, Carradine. Yeah, Carradine, yeah. the uh, the the kung fu master. Kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I I mean, I I do. There was something about the Kill Bill movies together that I just absolutely love, and I think it's yeah. because of the martial arts aspects of it. You know, when he decided he was gonna like dip his toes into the martial arts, it was like, oh, this is gonna be fun, right? I already yeah. loved his crime stuff. I loved, you know, the Pulp Fiction kind of dark comedy stuff, but this was gonna be fun, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm gonna say Kill Bill two then for my number three. Yeah, and I, I do love how he tried to throw in like the whole uh, '70s style kung fu type movies in there, yeah. like the old Chinese guy with like the super long white yeah. eyebrows <laughs> and the super long white beard. Yes. Oh, he's like yeah, the yeah he's so like the good, snatch yeah. my pebble type dude right yeah like, get that pebble <laughs> i love like the little thing the only thing he didn't do like, was well, have uma thurman shave her head right and yeah i know like, that was like bald, the like, only thing <laughs> grass but, yeah but i love it too because even Carradine, like at, like one of the conversations that they're having when they finally meet up and he's like i may have overreacted and she's like <laughs> <"You've> overreacted <laughs> like the entire film is her yeah, getting dude. revenge because he overreacted hell yeah dude all right, so uh, my top three were the hardest to put together. Oh, okay. Um, because these next two, actually, you would probably argue and say why. But for Ooh. me, number, th- number three, even though it's one of my personal favorites, uh, number three, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, whoa, that low. Okay, let's see yes. what you got for one and two. I have, I have a reason for this. Um, okay, so... Reservoir Dogs, while it kicked it off, for me, I actually didn't see it until much later, like after several of his other films. Okay. And it was one of those same things, too, like you did, where it was like, oh, let's go back and watch some of his older stuff. And just going back and watching, like, his first film and the whole, I don't know, like his whole crime heist um, roots and everything, like, if you want to call it that. I don't think he went to film school or anything, did he? No, oh, he just worked he in a video store, dude. The dude was yeah. literally a video. St- he did a lot of shit. He worked so many jobs, but his biggest thing was he worked in a video store and like he was one of these guys that had the craziest, deepest knowledge in movies. Like yeah. you could be like, hey, what's that 1956 film with so-and-so Robert Redford and so-and-so? He'd be like, oh, this, unless you're talking about this one, which was produced by this, which was a remake of this movie, which that's right. the kind of guy he was, right? Like yeah, he could so, tell you, like, with and no- he'd be like, oh, you need to see this. If you love this, these five movies are going to be your next favorite movies of all time. Like he could tell yeah. you that shit. Yeah. I love that. So like and the a fact student that he of film. actually, yeah, very much of a student of film and just watching film all the time. And the fact that he didn't actually go to like a professional for a uh, directing, yeah. you know, school or anything like that, the way he had the movie directed, cut, put together all that stuff. Like you wouldn't have even known that it, it's like a masterpiece of itself. Yeah. So for me, Reservoir Dogs, as much as I hate to say, even though it is one of my favorite Tarantino movies, I have to put it at three. Gotcha. But it's gotcha. yeah, it's it's a good crime heist, so go check it out. Okay. I love how like overly violent it is too at certain points. <laughs> though with yeah. Mr. How Mr. Brown, I guess like he just relishes in torture and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's my number two, as a matter of fact, okay. since I'm okay. at number two where, yeah, Reservoir Dogs is my number two. It was the second one that I saw of his films. So I think that's why it comes in at number two as well, even though you go to it seeing, I mean, it's at the time it was very fresh in the way it was done. You know, certain scenes that there have been replicated now throughout, mm-hmm. throughout pop culture. The, one of his most famous scenes is, you know, all, all the criminals around the table and that one constant kind of motion of the camera moving around oh, the camera and they're having just a conversation. Right. And the conversation they're having is not 
about the heist that they're about to do is not about planning anything. It's not about money. It's not about, it's about a Madonna video. Yep. It's about a mate. They're literally having a conversation about a Madonna video. Okay. Yep. Um, again, another famous scene, Michael Madsen, you know, dancing around while music's playing in the background and he's literally slicing <laughs> that fucker's ear off. And again, another thing about one of the things I, this was one of the things I love about Tarantino too, is his ear for music. The guy knows how to pick the right music for every scene of his film. Every scene has music that just, if you picked something else, it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't right. work. And this dude is the kind of guy that, you know, when he's writing scenes, he's got a song in mind that he's probably writing it right into the script. This song is playing. And then on the side, make sure our lawyers get the rights. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's got to be that way because it just feels so perfect. And they do that scene where he's just dancing and you could hear the deed, the radio DJ, like saying whatever's up then. And then the music playing, dude, it's just so good, dude. So, so, so good. And then everything about like the tension when that tension kicks in and all of a sudden everything's going crazy and they're all in the warehouse and you realize shit went down and it didn't go the way it was supposed to. And now one of them's a, uh, you know, one of them's a, a rat a, a narc, somebody, somebody's fucked up. Dude, the movie's just so, so good. Um, but yeah, for me, it's number two, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, one of my favorite. I mean, Pulp Fiction. Too. I mean, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yeah, but like one of my favorite lines, and it's so like stupid. It's Steve Buscemi, and he's like, "Why do I have to be Mr. Pink?" <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's another famous piece. Like, there's yeah. so many things in that movie that end up becoming very iconic. That's one of the yep. scenes too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your number two? All right, so my number two is probably your number one. Yes, um, I know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Pulp Fiction. Yes. Um, and what is this came out in '94? But again, you want to talk about a huge ensemble cast of characters, and it takes place during like the was like the the early '90s or something like that, I believe, mm -hmm. or somewhere around there. Um, but it, it's kind of based off of like the old. <sighs> When they come out like the 50s 60s like the old uh noir type um what yeah. they call them like the pulp comics crime, crime noir crime yeah. noirs and all that stuff so like he took a whole bunch of stories of those and just like put them all together but yeah. again with his writing his style everything like it works so well together uh with pulp fiction it is probably one of his most iconic films oh. there is so much that um has impacted pop culture in general just from that movie i mean i can name like a whole bunch of shit and you'd be like yeah pulp fiction you know but um yeah for me pulp fiction number two i was looking to see if it's been put into the national what's the thing called the national historic whatever historic you know what film I mean? for something yeah um yeah it is national no hold on that's it's not actually i don't see it here on there i mean it, it needs the to national be national uh whatever yeah, actually, is it in 2013 it was selected for preservation was it okay in, good in the national film registry yes it needs to be because yeah this is my number one film um mm -hmm. again dude music just the way music the fact that we just said this a little bit ago that he has these characters that are criminals that are drug dealers that are you know hoodlums and when it's time for us to kind of be dropped into their world and see what's happening, we're not watching the plans for the heist. We're not watching them kill. It's always these kind of nonsense 
conversations, but they're, they're just, they're conversations that are so every day that everybody relates to them and you're drawn in immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at the very beginning of the film, we get Tim Roth and what's her name? I can't remember her name, but she's fucking brilliant, dude. Yeah. Honey bunny. Dude, she is so brilliant, man. And that conversation they're having is about the amount of like who's in the, the, the cafe and you know, well, they don't give a fuck about this. And then, so you're just kind of listening to this conversation like, Oh, what's going on. Right. All right. You motherfucker. She stands up and you're like, Oh shit. Next thing that music, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh man, classic, 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 classic. You got single handedly, single handedly revitalizing the career of John Travolta. Okay, Mm -hmm. John Travolta makes his comeback because of Pulp Fiction. If Pulp Fiction doesn't happen, nobody remembers John Travolta except for being from Welcome Back, Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or Greece, right? (laughs) Like that's about it, right? Uh, But dude, this movie brought him back, and it really did. He came back in a strong way. He was doing all kinds of like crime caper films for a while. Uh, he was in Get Shorty. He was in Face Off with Nicolas Cage. Like he was doing all these movies before he just kind of took a nosedive again. Right. Um, now Samuel L. had been doing films. No, tell me, get me wrong. He'd been all he'd been doing films, but he had never had this kind of identity as the say what again, motherfucker. You know, he right. never that wasn't his identity really. You know, no, but that's the thing I love with his character too. Is like he brought the Bible in with it. Whenever he would kill bro. somebody, like and I, with the Lord shall yeah. smite. Me. Yeah, dude. The, you you know, know my name. So yeah. good, so so good. Um, again, Uma Thurman, and then you have mm-hmm. like that that iconic dance scene between Uma and I mean, dude, I'm gonna tell you the whole movie because the whole movie's yeah. fucking iconic, man. It is Bruce man. Willis. Zed's dead at the end on the hog when he's driving away, dude. Ving Rames, remember Ving with Rames. the fucking ball gag in the his ball mouth? gag, yeah, the gimp suit, bro. Bruce <laughs> Willis has the boxer that like had to throw the fight, and he's like, yeah, no. The adrenaline shot to the, adrenaline the heart, shot. yeah. Dude, everything he says, what does he say? Something about like because I don't have a sign on my lawn that says "Bring Dead Fucking Whatever <laughs> People." The yeah. dude, it's such a good movie, such a good. I mean, come on, for me, it just. He took what he did with Reservoir Dogs where he was like, here, pay attention to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then his next film, he's just like, I'm not saying pay attention to me because I want you because I, I want you to pay attention to me. It's because, motherfuckers, I'm here. You better know yeah. my name. And that's what that movie did. And, and for me, it's just, it's, it's tits. It's top. There's, you're not going to get any better. No, it's, it's hard. And I struggle with that because I almost put that as number one, but because we agreed like our number one to be our take home movies. I yeah. That's my take home. Bro. I know. I almost did the same thing too. We would have been bringing home the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So for me, number one, I don't think you've seen it. That's I was going to say this too. I have okay. to say that my list is made up because I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I haven't seen Inglorious bastards. I have not seen the hateful eight and I have not seen once upon a time in Hollywood. These are movies I still have to watch that I have not seen of his. Okay, I haven't seen the last two that you said. Okay. Um, I don't actually. I don't think I've seen Jackie Brown either. Now that you said that. Yeah, that was his his black exploitation movie. Okay, yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that one. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. I mean, I heard it was but, really good. Yeah, yeah. So my number one, you mentioned it on there, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, again, I with another 
another with like another ensemble cast. You have uh, Christoph Waltz, which I think was his breakout with him, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But he plays like I know it's a stereotypical and like nowadays it'd probably be shunned and canceled, but um, we don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> he plays such a great German villain because like the whole movie is based. If you don't know Inglorious Bastards, go check it out. It's about uh, killing Nazis and it's set in World War II where America comes up with this group of dysfunctional ragtag American soldiers that basically they do like their own bounty hunting thing of Nazis and it's led by the I believe it was a sergeant or something like that uh Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. and his whole thing is we're gonna kill Nazis we have eight <laughs> soldiers here this is our group we call ourselves the Inglorious Bastards each of you owe me 100 scalps of, na- of Nazi scalps <laughs> and like sends them out in like the most brutal over the top like if this were to actually happen we would probably be punished for war crimes against humanity Type of way. <laughs> does, um, does he in the film pronounce pronounce it Nazis? Na- Nazis. Nazis. There's a part. There's a part of there too, like where uh, they have to like uh, talk Italian or something like that. And his character, because it's such like a, a like a joke on American culture, how like we refuse to, I guess, like adapt to other cultures in a way. So they come up with a, a thing like where he has to say hi in Italian. So instead of saying like bonjour, like with the whole accent, he's like bonjourno <laughs> in like the most American <laughs> horrible way ever. <laughs> and uh, uh, Quentin like loved that part so much. He's like, yeah, keep that. We're, we're keeping that. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. I got to check yeah. that out. Yeah, I have to so check good. that out. Now it is historically very inaccurate with how they. Uh, yeah. It's like a revisionist thing. It's a very much a revisionist thing. It didn't really happen in America, but um, yeah, it's like, so like they, they go hunting Nazis and they get everybody all kind of together, all the top dogs at the very end. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's world war two. So we kind of know what happened to, to that whole group, but yeah, it's such a great movie with like the characters again, with Christoph being like such a great German villain hunting down the Jews and all that other stuff during that time. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things that it's, it's so nice. good. Like it gets you pumped up, even though it's historically wrong and it's, yeah, it's a Quentin Tarantino film. What can I say? It's great. Nice dude. Nice. Nice. There was something that I saw here about. Um, so let me ask you if you knew this, did you know that initially <laughs> Quentin Tarantino had been, interested in doing superhero films i did not know this yes apparently early in his career he considered filming comic book adaptations in the early 1990s while fresh from his critical success with reservoir dogs tarantino came to constantine productions with a script for a silver surfer film but was turned away could you imagine a quentin tarantino cosmic film with silver oh God, yeah. surfer like how do you do a quentin tarantino film with silver surfer i don't surfer, even dude? know take that one step further could you imagine if the mcu as you know it now was headed up by quentin tarantino and how oh. that would even look <laughs> he was offered to direct a film adaptation of green lantern before there was even a script and he declined it in 1999 he was also linked to a live action iron man film as the director and writer also check this out um, following the release of Reservoir Dogs, he considered making a film adaptation of Luke Cage, but oh, chose wow. to make Pulp Fiction instead. I could see him do Luke Cage, dude. I could see Luke Cage too. And he would do the 70s version 
Like yeah. he would have that like <laughs> 70s style. You know what I mean? Dude, that'd be oh so God, yeah. sick. Um, he also had considered making a film called The Vega Brothers, and it would star Michael Madsen and John Travolta reprising uh, their roles of Vic, Mr. Blonde, which, oh, nice. by the okay. way, yeah, is uh, Vic Vega and Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah. And that I didn't know. I didn't know they were supposed to be brothers. That's insane. Uh, let's see. What else is either. there? Yeah. So, yeah, he had there was all these things that he was supposed he was also interested in directing Casino Royale. But he didn't end up doing that. Can you imagine again? Can you imagine him doing that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. This dude is is something else, man. I would love, love. Oh, also, wasn't he tied to doing uh, an upcoming Star Trek film? He was supposedly. I don't know with how J.J. Far Abrams, that went. right? That was supposed yeah, to think where he's like writing. The like he was supposed it. to be writing a one, like a. I don't know if it was a not a reboot, but I think it was like a sequel or something like that that he was gonna mm. do. Um, apparently in 2020 of January, he said that the film might be made, but he would not direct it. So we'll see. And there's nothing on the, on the books right now. Something that I heard was that after that, he's about to retire after one more film, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think he said after 10 films, he's retiring. And so kill bill, even though it's two films was actually considered one. So he's got one more in the bag. And then after that, he's not doing any more movies. Hmm. That's funny you say that because sources um, that I know, and by sources, I mean like I just totally made this up, uh, <laughs> was going to be, uh, he's going to be directing a Florida man type style movie. <laughs> I'm throwing this out there, Quentin, if you're listening to this, I want to see a Florida man in your style movie. <laughs> I want to see him do, now I have not even seen the documentary, but I feel like I'd watch the movie, Tiger King. Oh, <laughs> it's... Okay, so I know it gets super popular and then you automatically hate things that get super popular like that. <laughs> it is worth the watch if only for the fact that it's such a train wreck, a train wreck to watch. Like just It's like the, watching Honey Boo Boo for the train wreck and not because you basically, really care about Yeah, Honey not because Boo-Boo. you really care about them at all. It's just like you want to see the yeah, the train wreck of it. It's, <laughs> Yeah, I, could I it be made into a Tarantino film? Could you see Tarantino making the film? <laughs> Had Brad Pitt play play the guy, Tiger King. Brad Pitt is Tiger King. Yeah, and we oh have to get John uh, John Batista to lose a lot of weight, and he'll be that one dude with the missing all the fucked up missing teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, the meth guy. Um, I've seen yeah. pictures of those His two husband. together. <laughs> His husband? Did we get? Yeah, oh, I didn't know he's gay. He's gay. He he. Yeah, he's like super flamboyant gay. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, okay. The thing though with that, like they go into it with the documentary and everything. His husbands aren't really gay; they're straight. However, they married him because Welcome to Florida, <laughs> basically, because well, like this, they actually take place in God. I it's, it's like Central America. I want to say oh. Kentucky or something like that. Why did I think it was Florida? It felt like Florida. <laughs> because his rival, Carol Baskins, has She's the Big Florida. Cat Rescue, which is based in Tampa. Hey, have you seen her before? No, I haven't. Come but on. there is a part in there where they're talking about like the mysterious, you know, whatever of her husband. And <sighs> like she was talking about how like when she first met him, she was walking down Nebraska or something like that after a fight with her first husband. And she just happened to be walking down Nebraska and like met up with him because he f- saw her walking alone and wanted to make sure she got home safe and all this other stuff. However, if you live in this area, you know 
like Nebraska, that whole you know area. Who's walking that, Nebraska? <laughs> I was gonna say, she you know who's walking. Nebraska. Exactly. She wasn't just walking uh, home. You know why she's walking. Uh, but I was kind of like, come on, we know better, bro. I gotta check this out now. She was too Johnny's quick. gonna be so mad, dude. She was too quick to be like, I know, <laughs> I sold you on it. He couldn't. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's like she throws the whole fact of like, oh, yeah, you can get rid of a body if you cover them in sardine oil and feed them to the tigers that way. And it's like it's got everybody all sparked of like, of course, you killed your husband and fed them to the tigers. What the hell? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, dude. It, it's such I a see Tarant- to Tarantino yeah. make a movie about them, but make That'd it revisionist. So he makes it all crazy, like a crazy crime caper, murder for yeah. hire, all that shit. You get Uma Thurman as uh, Carol Baskins. Of the great. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, that'd be great. Anyway, there you go, dude. There's some Quentin Tarantino. Man, I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. I'm looking forward to whatever he is going to do next. But I'll tell you what, by the next time you and I record, I'll have watched at least one, if not two, of the movies I haven't yet. And I'll, I think Inglourious Bastards will be the one that I'll check out next. I'll take yeah, that one home. Check that out. So. Definitely check it out. Yeah. All right. And just because you mentioned it and it was a close second, I am going to take home Pulp Fiction as well. And you're going to revisit. You're like, hey, I haven't watched that in a while. I haven't watched it in a while either, dude. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a while either. After talking about it tonight, I was like, man. I kind of yeah. want to watch Pulp Fiction tonight before I go to bed now. Yeah, no, I was pulling up all the all of my picks and everything just to kind of get like a refresher of like what actually happens in there. Yeah, it's God. been a while since I've seen a couple of them, but it was just like, a, yeah, dude, I've seen Pulp Fiction so many times now. I just remember yeah. all, you know, I know that movie beat <laughs> for beat, man. I really do. Um, anyway, all right, dude, let's close up shop. Right. We got to head yeah. out of the video store now. So yeah. uh, why don't you Focus go ahead and tell people where to find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so you can find me on the dark interwebs. Ooh, no. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram. I like to doodle sometimes, so you can check me out there. Ratfink Arts. It's R-A-T-P-H-I-N-C Arts. Um, and when I'm not filming this great podcast that are penetrating your ear holes, you can also <laughs> listen to me on Podcasters every Sunday night with uh, Anthony, Ricky, uh, Rick, which is came back now, and uh, Tony, Mark. God, I almost forgot them. Yeah, yeah. Guys. Um, but yeah, go check us out. We uh, we play D and D. We uh, give Anthony a run f- for his money. It's inter- um, It's fun. It's entertaining. It's a lot of fun. I got to tell you, it's entertaining because it's an entertaining thing that you guys are going through. But the funny part is, is when you throw the DM for a loop and you guys yeah. do things, and he's just like, "Okay, so I guess I got to throw out everything I wrote tonight. <laughs> We're doing something completely different." Yeah, and like part of me almost every Sunday is like, "Okay, how can I get him to do my stuff?" What I do usually on Sunday nights is I'm here working and in yeah. the background i have uh i have you guys on on my t- my screen monitor here so i'll have nice. like one earbud in and one not and then whenever i'm rendering stuff i'll just pull off and watch you guys for a little while and then come yeah. back to work yeah it's good because <laughs> my character just started remembering things that he might have forgotten Ooh. and there has been a certain secret i'm not going to reveal it now but there's been a certain secret he's been holding on to because he now finally, well, it's me, Daniel, has been holding on to because my character has finally remembered. So I have to kind of find a natural way to bring it up. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be amazing. I'm it's been killing it. me to like hold this for like the last couple of months because my character doesn't know this, but I know this. So I'm like, uh. ah, I love it. Yeah. So go check it out. We like to stream uh, on Twitch, on Facebook, uh, podcasters. Every Just Sunday night, 7 p.m. Every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, American yep. Time. Um, also check out all the other podcasts on the network BICBP-radio.com I have a few on there History Creeps you can also find me on Silence Your Phones which is this feed as well also we do Out of the Shadows and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop we've got some fun stuff coming in the future here as well so keep your ears open 
um, some exciting new changes coming. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot more content coming your way, a lot more video stuff coming your way. So uh, keep your ears open. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. For Dan Chavez, this is Chris Chavez. We'll see you next time. And let's not forget to be kind. Rewind.